very much in favor of the counting of points. Does it work for you? No. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of The Run-Through. This is the figure skating podcast where we're going to run through all the things that make us kiss and make us cry. Every episode, we're going to hope to give you a podcast performance that's both technically sound and artistically satisfying. And this podcast is obviously hosted by your two favorite ghosts of figure skating competition past. I'm Olympic medalist, U.S. national champion, and fully realized monster, Adam Rippon. And I am a world medalist, Olympic medalist, three-time U.S. national champion, and lover of all jumps landed on two feet, Ashley Wagner. Also, we would be nothing without our producer, Sarah Hughes. Now, I know what you're thinking. How did you get 2002 Olympic champion Sarah Hughes to produce this podcast? How did we get it? How did How? we? How? Well, we didn't. Right. We did not. That's true. Um, this Sarah Hughes, unfortunately, never won the Olympics, but she has won an Emmy for her work on NBC's Olympic coverage. You might hear not Olympic champion Sarah Hughes pop in and out of the show, and you'll definitely hear from her later when we play a segment that we like to call Fierce or Fluts. Adam, tell me about this. What is Fierce or Fluts? I'm, I'm so glad you asked because I would love to explain this. So Please do. Fierce or Fluts is where we have Emmy winner, but not Olympic champion, Sarah Hughes, ask us a question, and we have to deem it Fierce or Fluts. And I know what you might be thinking, but listen, flutzing isn't always bad. And if my it's memory... It's nothing to be ashamed of. N- I, I don't... If I remember, you had one, and you actually famously weren't ashamed of it. I actually famously refused to learn how to do a Lutz on an outside edge and said, not I. I'm just going to continue to do flips. <laughs> you know what's so crazy about that is that I remember there was a moment when you were trying to do a Lutz and you could do one, which is the <laughs> craziest. This is the craziest thing is that you could do a Lutz and you still went, not I. No, I wanted to do three flips in a program every single time because I didn't want that variety and I wanted something to just hold me back in my career. And so proud flutzer, here I am. So it's basically a long-winded way of saying that flutzing does not always have to be a bad thing. Exactly. Sometimes it can just be a little untraditional. I love that. Like us, a little untraditional. (laughs) That's what people say about us. Okay, so why don't we talk about what this podcast is even going to be about? So of course, We have a lot of events that we're going to be breaking down. We're going to give you some buildups, some information and storylines so that you can get ready to watch your favorite events. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, what can people expect after an event, Adam? Well, I think after an event, you can expect that post-competition come down, right? We've experienced it before. We've all been there. But what we're going to do is we're actually going to break down every competition, Every single one. Every single one. We're saying it now so that we have to do it later. Right. We're, we're looking at each other's eyes and we're going, we have to do this. We're promising. We're making a promise to the people. We will break down the events, the moments you loved, the moments you hated but still kind of loved. And on top of that, one fun fact about me, and it's not fun. It's actually this I should be ashamed of, and I'm still not. <laughs> I... 
did not grow up a figure skating fan. I did not grow up watching every single Michelle Kwan program, which this is shameful, is, by the way. It's sinful. Yeah. Honestly, it's your um, first sin. It's your original sin. But you're in luck because post retirement, I absolutely fell in love with all the drama that the sport brings, and I will be bringing that passion to this pod. But Adam will be offering up old skating competition history lessons for me to really help culture me in figure skating history and history. I, I think it's important because, you know, when I was growing up, I recorded every single event that would ever be on TV on a VHS tape. And I could probably tell you from the moment they got on the ice, I could probably tell you if you brought up a random competition, it would not be out of my character to let you know what even happened on a six minute warm up because I know those things front to back. And this is this is no joke. We would be sitting in the locker room sometimes and for some reason Adam would reference a random skating moment in history where he would be like, "Yeah, you know in like 1997 when so and so like popped her first triple sow in her program and then, you know, lost it all." And I would just be like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." But I do love that you're like for some reason like we were in a bowling league together. Like we were <laughs> we we were at a rink and we yeah. were skating every day. Okay, there was context to it. You're yeah, right. there was context. And also, <laughs> Ashley and I are hoping to do some, you know, potential interviews with some of your favorite skaters, some special guests. We're going to get everybody's opinion. Um, we're just going to have a lot of fun, right? Which leads us into the final talking point. Uh, Adam prepared for this podcast and wrote down what we kind of wanted to talk about. And one of the notes just says, fun segments. I want to talk it. about that. That's that's so. true. That's true. I don't I don't feel bad about writing fun segments because I want to have fun on here. If I'm not having fun, neither are you. Neither neither is the <laughs> listener, and I don't I hate that for them. So of course you can expect to see segments like fierce or fluts, but we have a couple of other fun things in store so that you really can get the most of all things figure skating, and it's gonna be a blast. I'm really excited about this. So of course. Leading up to this season, we decided to start a podcast at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. And so we will obviously be covering Worlds. You can expect to hear our Worlds coverage next week after the event. And then we have World Team Trophy this season. It's our first time seeing this competition since 1993. 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2019. So 2019 20, is the last 20, World 20, Team 20? Trophy. Sarah Hughes. Sarah. This <laughs> when when no. was it? 2021. In 2021. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we never claimed that we were experts. No, we didn't say that. That's why we have an expert on this podcast with us. Right. So it'll be our first time seeing it. And I guess not that long, but it's been long <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And then, um, and then summertime, Adam. Yeah. So this is what we're thinking. We're thinking that we're going to do this is our first episode. We're going to do a world's recap. We'll do um, another episode for World Team Trophy. And then throughout the summer, we're thinking one episode per month leading into the skating season where then we're just going to be working overtime. Right, Ash? This is where the party starts. I mean, Grand Prix season, you are guaranteed six Grand Prix events, you have the Grand Prix final, and we're just going to be covering every single event that we think is watchable for you guys so that you can really get I all hope the you mean knowledge. all of them <laughs> as watchable. <laughs> Actually, we don't know. 
We, we have know. no idea. We don't know. <laughs> no, we're going to be covering the Grand Prix series, a lot of international, national competitions. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite kind of competition, the international, the international nationals. nationals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my favorite uh, one. Of course, huge events like Europeans, Four Continents, and everything leading up to the ultimate event of the season, which would be the World Championships. I think that sounds fun. I'm into it. it sounds like a fun segment, which <laughs> which I said I wanted to air do. Air quotes, fun segments. Yeah. Um, okay, well then, Adam, should we get into it and start with our very first preview? Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to preview. I'm ready to podcast. I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. So, of course, we have the World Championships this week in Saitama, Japan. It's an event that both Adam and I have competed at. We've been at this location. The arena is incredible. I am so excited to have a world championships in front of a Japanese audience. It's so great for the skaters. And I think we have a really exciting week of skating coming our way. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, Like you said, we've both competed. I've competed at this arena for Japan Open. Is that have you competed here for any other reason? I was at Worlds when they were here in 20. I think it was post Olympics World. So it would have been that 20. 14 world championships Mm -hmm. oh wait that does sound right sarah's smirking at us (laughs) (laughs) i think we did something right so ash you've competed six times at worlds oh god 12 was that your first no no 2008 the most disastrous (laughs) i was blacked out i don't remember it uh i my first world championships was um the year, oh my gosh, my skating names are completely out of the the girl who was skating before me withdrew mid ice. Mikiando. Mikiando. Mikiando withdrew right. mid ice and backstage people were like, Mikiando withdrew. You have to get on the ice. And I am sixteen. I still have braces. I have no self confidence. It's just hairspray and sheer willpower that's making me skate right now. And I got onto the ice and basically forgot my program. Also forgot how to land a lot of jumps. Um, oh, no. And so I know it's one of those. But you live and you learn. Uh, so I guess, yeah, that would be about six, seven. Seven. That would be seven then, right? Because you went 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and eight. So that would be seven. Oh, my God. See, I told you, you're learning You're learning skating history. But what's so scary is that right now you're learning your own. <laughs> uh, okay. And how about you? How many have you been to? I th- okay, my, my first one was 2010, then 12, and then um, I did a sabbatical from the World Championships for a bit. You took a step back. <laughs> I took a step aside, and I went, let, let no, them. No, you guys let go. Them ha- yeah, you, you guys go. I was trying to go, but then I said, why don't you go? Um, okay, so <laughs> 10, 12, um, 15, and 16. So four. I went to four World Championships. But I remember my first one. And uh, my first World Championships 2010 was in Torino. Um, I was uh, rooming with um, Evan Bates. And I remember in our hotel room, we had um, like a towel rack that's like a towel heater. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought that I was going to do something really like charming for myself, like something like like a treat. (laughs) And so like under my costume, I would always wear a dance belt, which like if you're not... um, 
a dance belt owner. Right. If you're not an owner of a said dance belt, basically what it is, it's like um, it's kind of it helps like smooth out the edges of a man's front situation. Half. Yes. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like a thong in the back so that there's no lines in like the in the pants in the back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. Evan, um, but what I did was <laughs> I put my dance belt on the heated towel rack before um, I was going to compete no, in the long program. Uh. So I put it there and I was like, this will be such a treat because when I go to the rink and put it on, maybe it'll still be warm. You know, because I'm obviously I'm thinking about how am I going to do my best? And I'm thinking warm underwear. That's warm that, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. I went, this is, I'm going to be warm. Um, I did unfortunately leave the dance belt <laughs> on the heated towel rack while I'm competing at the world championship. So I'm competing. I'm smiling. And I need you to know that, like, I wasn't wearing the proper underwear. So I had to, like, <laughs> roll it up and I kind of MacGyvered. It. I basically was a seamstress with what I did with my underwear to, like, make sure that it was, like, all in place. Right. But, yeah, while I was competing, I had a fresh dance belt all heated up, basically almost on fire. And when I got back to the room, I was like, <laughs> I, I left something in the bathroom. I'm so sorry. He's like, yeah, I didn't know what that was for, but I didn't touch it. And I went, probably for the best. He knew. He's like, I don't know what this is, but I do know I shouldn't be touching it. Right. I think it's the dental floss in, in the back of the padded front, which was sort of the giveaway <laughs> of don't touch this. I would have loved to see him just see it for the first time and be like, huh, Adam. I mean, Evan, Evan is we roomed together at so many competitions, so he was uh, he was well versed. Was he your main roommate? Um, Yeah. Evan and I like if we were at an event, we usually always roomed together. And then like in the later part of my career, um, I ended up always rooming with Zach Donahue, which I- I'll say it here now is one of the best roommates. Evan and Zach are the best roommates I've ever had at competitions. Yeah, I was usually... I would say that in court, like, I would say that. <laughs> I was usually with uh, Maddie Chalk, and I feel like one event we actually switched so that Maddie and Evan could room together and you and I were rooming together. That yes. was, like, those were the stunts that we pulled. We were stunt pullers. We were yeah. stunt pullers. But we're now stars. that being said, Ashley, yes, take it away. Let's get into our actual world preview now that we know all about your dance belt mm-hmm. situation. So I want to talk about the men to begin. Japan sending a very strong men's team. We obviously have to mention Shoma Uno. He's looking to defend his world title after a huge Grand Prix season. Uh, And then on top of that, we have Soda Yamamoto, who is also a contender here. Yeah, and then there's Ilya Malinin, who's, you know, he's been landing the quad axle all year. He's looking to uh, be the first man to land one at a world championships um, you know, it, it, this is his second world championships. Mm-hmm. He's got to step up to the plate. He's coming back from that rough national skate. So it'll be interesting to kind of see like what he does. This is, you know, yeah. there's a, a real opportunity on the line. So it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of fares in that field. I completely agree. I think that he is a skater that has the technical goods that really could bring him to the top of that podium. But He struggles with pressure. I mean, he is a young athlete and he's really just like been skyrocketed into this like top U.S. spot following Nathan Chen. So there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. But Mm -hmm. he definitely has a lot to prove at this world championships and really he's got to keep it together. 
Uh, any other skaters that you feel like we need to mention before we move on to the pairs? Well, I am just like, you know, as usual, so looking forward to seeing Jason Brown skate. Yeah. I'm so happy that he came back in this second half of this season. It was just like such a breath of fresh air. He's just... I don't know. He's just such a throwback. I mean, you know, he skates obviously like current day, but it feels like you're watching a throwback for me, like of some of my favorite skating of like why I skated in the first place. So yeah. I'm just so happy that he's going to be competing in this event. Yeah. And I mean, he is the artist through and through, but also he was sixth at the Olympics last year. So he absolutely is a competitive athlete. Watching him at nationals this season, it was the first time we had seen him compete his two programs are stunning, and I'm just really excited to have that kind of artistry at the world level this year. I think it's really great for us to see, and it's going to provide some nice contrast amongst, you know, a field that's very jump heavy. Yeah, and also, like, the door, you have no idea what could happen at a world championships. If the door is open and Jason skates clean, that's a that's a program that's a threat for the podium, too. Absolutely. So then moving on to the pairs, I think really the focus here is going to be Alexa and Brandon coming in and trying to defend that world title. And of course, we do have to mention that their coaches, Jenny Mino and Todd Sand, will not be there. We are sending the best wishes and all of our positive healing energy their way and to their family. Todd suffered from a heart attack while at the World Junior Championships, and they are currently dealing with that as a family. So all the best wishes to Todd and his family. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a, such a horrible situation. I can't imagine what the last few weeks of practice have been like, but I mean, Alexa and Brandon, they're really seasoned. Um, I, I think that they're going to come here totally focused and ready to go. And I'm really excited to see that battle between them and the Japanese pair. Yes. Team. The Japanese are some of my favorite pair skating. It's just so it's incredible. It's beautiful. I love it. So it's going to be a great, great event to watch. I completely agree. And then I just have to mention Deanna Stellato. I am always excited. Any opportunity we get to see Deanna out on the ice, I think that her story is so cool to be able to tr totally transform her skating from, God, what was it when she was competing? Like early 2000s? Yeah. I mean, I remember watching, like, this is, this is, this is your first Okay, here history we go. History lesson. lesson. Go. So in, I think it was 2001. Hmm. Oh, so, so 2000, Jenny Kirk is the world junior champion. Deanna Stellato is the world junior champion. Deanna Stellato was the junior Grand Prix final champion. So this is a bit of an upset, okay? So we go into the next season, 2001. They start the season with this like pre sort of event. It's like kind of like a Japan Open, but it was called the Kerry Lotion Classic. Oh, okay? fancy. So usually people did like an exhibition program. And um, what happened was that Deanna decided, I'm not doing an exhibition. I'm going to do my free skate for the season. So Deanna skates her free skate. And it's like, I think one of the most iconic <laughs> early 2000s ladies <laughs> free skates. It's amazing. She does seven triples and she gets off the ice. And obviously I remember the video verbatim where she gets off the ice, she gets a 6.0 for um, artistic merit. And it's like, I think that she's like the big story of the, of like the whole event. And then, um, you know, they see her on the phone. She's calling Philip Mills, who you worked with yeah. a million times. 
Um, and she's like, I got a six. And she's like 16. So it's like her like flip phone. And there's like a thousand keychains coming off right. of it. So it's like, click, click, click. I got a six. Right, it's like a little it's, Motorola razor or something. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. And that's in my eyes how I still see Deanna Stellato, even though she's a full grown woman and not a 16 year old with a Motorola razor with keychains on it. That being said, she still does look 16. I want to know that woman's skincare routine because she is so fierce, but also flawless. Agreed. Agreed. Ashley, should we go right into the dance? What do you think is going on in dance? Well, of course, this is going to be between Piper and Paul and Evan and Maddie. And we have to mention Piper and Paul, it's a little bit up in the air because Piper had to get her appendix removed. So that really created some extra space and wiggle room for Maddie and Evan to gain that extra momentum. So this is going to be a really exciting event to watch because there's a lot of uncertainty here. Nothing is a guarantee, but Maddie and Evan have, they're currently coming into this event with the top scores of the season so far. Yeah. And it's, they've really just this whole season have taken that sort of criticism, that constructive criticism Mm -hmm. that they've gotten and they've applied it really methodically to all of their their programs and they've just progressively got better and better and I think that like their head is totally in the game yeah um and that extra they got that little extra momentum from four continents from you know they did not have that that um you know rivalry between Piper and Paul there they they got to be the team that was really the star in that event so that could be something that that helps them but Piper and Paul have been great all year and Ashley do you know that I competed my whole life without an appendix what Oh, yeah. I don't have one. Do you need to have your appendix removed to be competitive? It's actually um, (laughs) it's uh, it's like um, having your appendix removed in sports is like the buckle fat removal of like the Ah, universe. uh, Yes, of course. Also, uh, throughout this podcast, you will be getting uh, a little tutorial on (laughs) various medical procedures because Adam is an expert. Yes. (laughs) Um, no, I did not know that you competed without an appendix. That makes me very excited for Piper. It feels like that's really <laughs> I was five years old and I remember I told my mom, I was like, I don't feel well. And my mom was like, you're fine. And then I was like keeling over and, um, then I went to the hospital and they were like, your appendix ruptured. <laughs> uh, and Kelly was like, oh my God, uh, this kid, uh. She's like, suck it up. And I'm like, I'm trying. They're like, he's dying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, of course, the dance. One of my favorite events to watch. I think it's going to be great. There is really stiff competition, and I can't wait to see how that shakes out. Why don't we move on to the women to wrap this part up? So the door is wide open for anyone to just kind of skate on through. I am having a really hard time picking any kind of podium because I truly feel like it's all over the place yeah I think that really this podium is so wide open right now um I think uh my Miyahara has just Mm -hmm. been really solid all year and there have been these little opportunities here and there for her to kind of just step up to the plate and she's done it every Mm -hmm. single time um she's just been really solid so in my mind I think my Miyahara is the favorite yeah. But you can never count out um, Kiori because she's just, I mean, she's so solid. She's a world champion for a reason. Yep. She's an Olympic medalist. 
Um, and, and I really think from the beginning of this season, I, I've seen it in like Luna Hendricks' eyes that like she really wants to be a world champion. She does. And I see that so clearly. She had a rough skate at the Grand Prix final and then followed that up with another rough skate at the European Championships. But there's been a lot of time. And in a way, like, you know, I, I, I can relate and I feel like you can too. I think a lot of skaters can relate that sometimes after those bad skates, they help you kind of just refocus yeah. and take some pressure off of yourself. So it'll be interesting to see, like, how she how she does at this competition. Yeah. We know she can do well at a world championship. She did last year, but you know, the, the podium's wide open. Ashley, who else are you looking forward to watching? I mean, you have to mention Isabel Levito, of course. Uh, she's coming into this and she had a fantastic Grand Prix season moving on mm -hmm. to the Grand Prix final where she was second. Nationals was also an incredible event for her, but then at Four Continents, she actually withdrew mid-event in the free skate so cited that she just wasn't really feeling her best and you know moving on into this world championships I'm really curious to see mentally how she handles the pressure of being the top U.S. lady at a world event that's definitely yeah. there's a lot of pressure that comes with that but I think that you know this competition as a whole and this particular discipline it's really interesting especially because we don't have the Russian women here I think we're seeing a lot of skaters like Luna is a great example who maybe in years past were never considered one of those top athletes and then as you have this entire field open up with the absence of the Russian team you have these athletes who are now vying for those really hard to hard to achieve top spots and the mental component of that it's just a completely different shift in how you see yourself in competition and under pressure so I think that's one of the main yeah. reasons why the women's discipline in particular we're seeing a lot of hot and cold performances and just a lot of movement in the field because people are still adjusting to that added pressure of really actually being able to see themselves on the podium at these events yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge adjustment and it's a totally different mindset when you're going into a competition and your goal is like, I want to do my best mm -hmm. and that's all I'm focused on. Yeah. There's no pressure like, you know, anything can happen, but there's no pressure. Yeah. But when you go in into an event and there's like a medal on the line, there's a title, there's something that like when you started skating, you went, this is something I want to achieve. Stakes are totally different. Oh, absolutely. So I, I think they're just finding their footing right now, yep. but I, I think that when we watch this world championships, they're going to be there. They're going to be present mm -hmm. and they're going to be really hungry to find that success. Yeah. It's going to be a great event all around so much incredible skating coming our way in Saitama. So Adam, how are you going to be watching this event? How it's, it's Japan. I'm on the East coast. You're on the West coast. Mm -hmm. So for the West coast, what is that? Like a 16 hour difference? You could say. <laughs> Some have said. <laughs> Roughly, yes. <laughs> yeah, how am I going to be watching? Illegally, with a VPN. <laughs> That's how I'm going to be doing it. Um, and I'm my VPN is going to be working overtime, and I'm going to get all $12 worth out of it. So I'm going to be watching every, every single event that I can. I'm going to be working overtime. But Ashley, do you know who else is working overtime? Please tell me. Our producer, Emmy Award winning Sarah Hughes, not Olympic champion Sarah Hughes. But we'd like to reintroduce, you know, we were going to like this was going to be the first time she was going to be on the podcast. But of course, we 
didn't we had didn't have our facts straight. No. So, so you now heard her this voice, is her second time. Yes. Welcome back to the pod. Yeah, Sarah, how are we doing? We me being you. Yeah. yeah the collective us. Oh, the col- well, yeah, you you guys are doing great. I'm doing great. I feel like a Russian skater ready to watch the world championships from afar. <laughs> It's incredible. Uh, That's how I also I also feel um I also feel that way. But now that Sarah's here, Ashley, I think we should we go right into fiercer I floods. I think we should get right into fiercer floods. And as always, remember, floods isn't necessarily a bad thing. No. Can you give me an example of what's a, what's a fierce off the top of your head? Uh well, the example that I immediately think of uh harkens back to last week when you called me and said, "Did you know that Yuzuru Hanyu is doing a one-man show in Japan. Just him. And he's skating full programs. <laughs> to me? Yeah. Fierce. That's so fierce. <laughs> I That is, uh, honestly, yeah, it's, inc- it's amazing. First of all, wait. It's amazing to be a, a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm going, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Like, right. you know, everybody yeah, 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 does great, that. Great, great, great. I'm like, I, you know, we did that. We did not <laughs> we do did that. We did not do that. <laughs> but I'm like, that's that's impressive. I'm, I'm saying it. You can hear like a faint, like, okay, whatever. But this one man show, this sold out show, I've never been more impressed with anything in my entire life. I think this is the coolest, fiercest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, and then example. And fluts. What's a fluts? What is a fluts? Um, so I'm going to describe this moment to you. And when you hear it, you're going to be like, actually, this sounds kind of fierce. And that is what makes fluts so complicated. So. Okay. 2012 Grand Prix final. Mm-hmm. I'm in Sochi and I'm skating my pro- program. Actually, it was 2003. It doesn't matter. I was in Sochi at the Grand Prix final. I'm skating my free skate and it's one of my last jumps. And I love to do double axle combos. Um, what's, you do. What's genuinely fluts is that double axle combos are now actually worth full credit. Whereas when I was doing them, they were not. That's real fluts, but that's not the point of this story. Um, yes. I do triple loop and then I step into a double axle and I waxled. And in the process of me waxling, I slammed like WWE body slammed my uterus so hard <laughs> that I took a specifically, second, specifically, scientifically, <laughs> you went from air to uterus. <laughs> I had a moment. The on name the, of your I, book. From air to uterus, yes. Um, I had a moment of clarity uh, <laughs> on the ice where I said, I'm done. Uh, and then I realized that, um, you know, as the audience finished their collective, <gasps> um, that I my music was still going and I had to get up. Uh, and so in that moment, that is what some would call a flutz uh, because I waxled in a competitive program um, and went home on crutches and I'm completely serious. I went home on crutches and because uh, Sochi, this was the test event for the Olympics. And so Sochi prior to the Olympics was a very small town. There was not a lot there. And so uh, did they have actual crutches for me? No, they brought me one. These were not a matching. They were not matching crutches. Uh, One was wooden 
and mm-hmm. for someone my height, I'm five two, uh, <laughs> and one was for a Serbian basketball player, and was <laughs> like clearly for someone who was like six feet tall. And so when I got home, not only did I like I got diagnosed with a hip pointer and all this other fun stuff, um, my back was messed up <laughs> because I'd been crutching around on like misangled crutches. So that's a great example of flex. <laughs> so in short. That's a flux. <laughs> In short. Um, okay. Sarah, are you ready? Barely, but you know. Okay. Well, us too. Us too. All right, we're ready. Okay. I just I thought about a couple worlds related topics to discuss. My first being Amber Glenn's world championships debut. Wow. Yeah, this is. I okay, I of course I didn't know this. Um I thought that she'd been, but now that you're saying it, I'm realizing that she hasn't. No, she got second at nationals two years ago, and they passed her over. Flutz. That's a flutz. But I'm saying it's, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a flutz, but what Karen Chen did go, and she got fourth, which fierce. is what Karen, that is so fierce Karen, to get fourth at the world championships every time you go. That is a Karen Chen staple. Going to the world yeah. championships, having the skate of your life. Yeah, no, the people who get fourth at Worlds pay royalties to Karen Chen. She has it trademarked. I'm still paying royalties to her. I'm sure I've been fourth at Worlds at some point. That's all I did. Yeah, and you had to pay Karen when you did that. You gave all of your <laughs> prize time. money to all her. All my prize money went to Karen Chen. Um, yeah, uh, Amber's first Worlds, fierce. Amber's first Worlds, fierce. The fact that... It's taken this long for her to get to Worlds or be selected to go to Worlds? Flutz. Great. Okay. Um, I never thought I would be saying that a Terry Tutbrice has three skaters at this event at all, but she has three skaters in the men's event. Um, Why? How are we feeling about that? I'm feeling bad. Oh, my God. Figure skating's supervillain. Um... That's a flutz. So That's I, a I flutz. Don't even... It's a flutz. I'm sorry. Why are we still going to a coach that historically does not treat her skaters? Should be history. Yeah. Should be... <laughs> historically should be history. Historically should be history. Um, Yeah. Flutz. I don't flutz. understand why people are still going to that camp. It just seems so wildly unethical. Hot take. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um. Okay. I found... At least an example of one skater for each of you who is using music that you once used. So I want you to say fiercer fluts to watching skaters use music that you skated to. Oh, okay. I'm gonna say for the skater, fierce. For the for for me, the viewer, fluts because. I get anxious when I hear my old music. I get like very nervous. I get like all that flood of memories. Wait, that's so funny because I'm going to tell you that I do something and it's really creepy, but it it comes from like a sweet place, I promise. Go on. I have your old programs like saved in a playlist and they calm me because they just remind me of like training. And so like I'll play your old programs like whenever I'm stressed because it's just like, familiar music because i heard it 10 million times a day because (laughs) i worked somewhat hard adam was neurotic in the way that he trained and so it just became like this almost background noise for me because i heard it so often so i listen to your music a lot so i would say fears for the skater and fierce for me 
Oh, I'm so glad that my neurosis can calm you. What about your own programs? She doesn't remember her own programs. <laughs> She's like, what programs? But it's not hard for me to remember my old programs. I only skated to one. <laughs> Wait, I'll say that I do. I also do the same. Um, sometimes I'll go back and I'll watch some old um, Ashley programs because it does. I, I I don't know. It it makes me feel like uh you know rem- rem- reminds me of a good time. I know we're like we're being screamed at by Raphael in the background. We're like oh memories. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, I think that um. I do think the skating world, if we've been given the privilege of having lyrics, um, Mm -hmm. we should, as a community, work to expand our musical selections. Uh, That being said, I feel like I skated to nothing but bop after bop, and so it just means that they might have taste. Yeah. I'm so fierce. Fierce. This is, it's it's a pretty fierce topic. Yeah. Sarah, thank you so yes. much. What an incredible array of questions at the last second. <laughs> um, okay, so that is it for the first episode of the run-through. This is the first full run-through for us in a long time. Adam, how are you feeling? Winded? I'm winded. My um, resting BPM right now is 180. <laughs> I'm feeling um, like I got some really good cardio in. This feels really reminiscent of a, of a true... Um, a true run through, but actually, I've actually been saving something that I wanted to tell you. I meant to text this to you, okay. but I forgot to tell you. So yesterday, I saw this has nothing to do with the podcast. This is just like me telling you something. Okay. Um, but yesterday, I ran into John Nix, <gasps> your old coach. Oh my god! Okay, How and I need you to know. Okay, first of all, he's great. He's ninety four years old, and he's like never been so more with it in his whole life. Tan. Okay. This is what he said to me exactly. I said, um, you know, I said hi to him and he was like, hi. And he goes, okay, I need you to do something for me. Oh, you're being put to work. (laughs) And I said, yes, I have a pen and paper out. I'm going, tell me what it is. How many things do you need me to do? And he goes, I need you to call your friend Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, I need you to tell her she needs to come to my 95th birthday next year because she... Did not go to my last one. I don't know what was going on. Is what he said exactly. Oh my god! First of all, I love that he's ninety four and that shady. Second of all, yes. I actually had words with the person that organized his birthday because I was like, <laughs> "Where was my invite? I would have moved heaven and earth to be there." And she texted my old number, and because I'm so bad at texting, she just assumed. That I just that didn't you went, text I'm her not back. coming. Yeah. I'm not going. Oh my god, that is so cute. Uh, for anyone who needs a visual reference of what this man looks like, he kind of looks like the old man from Up and Yoda, like made of a- what an incredible analysis and visual I'm getting yeah, right now. And then you, I'm going green. Yeah, you stick that being. Uh, on a houseboat in Mexico, and this is like not even a joke. He has a houseboat and like goes to Mexico all the time. Uh, so he's tan, and he has a British accent, and he's probably mm-hmm. five three feet on the dot. Yeah, yeah. When wearing five, UGG three. boots, 
Like wherever he is yes. in the world right now, he's wearing UGG boots. Famously, the highest platform boot you can get UGG. Wait, I have, I, before we set you all loose into the world, I have a Mr. Nix story. So I moved out to train with Mr. Nix in 2012. And he was my, he was the coach that I was working with for my first national title. And so I get out to this rink and it's literally my first day training with him. And Mr. Nix, because he is older, he doesn't wear skates anymore. And most people would say, think, oh, okay. So he just like stands on the side of the boards. No, 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 no. He's on the ice and he shuffles around in his zero traction Ugg boots. And he just dodges pair teams left and right. He's very agile. But mm. I'm warming up and I'm skating laps. And then I hear the entire arena gasp. And I turn around and I look and Mr. Nix is starfished on the ice. <laughs> oh, no. And Chelsea Liu, who is a U.S. pair skater, at the time she had to have been maybe 12 years old and was just an itty bitty baby, uh, took him out like by the knees and i'm like oh my god i just it's the easiest way to take out an old man of course by the way by the knees by the knee yeah <laughs> so i've just like uprooted my life moved to the other side of the country and my first thought was like oh my god he's dead he's dead that's <laughs> it he's it's done well, no he's he's alive and kicking and still mad you didn't go to his 94th oh birthday party uh, i'll have to find a way to get in touch with him maybe facebook i don't know i don't know how do you communicate with 94 he said he said tell her to text me and so this this is me telling you that you need to text mr Nix. i love this chain of events all right well to you the pod and mr Nix, promise i will make that happen he is an angel of a human being and i am so grateful for him in my career um all right so make sure to tune in next week we are going to have our post worlds recap we're going to talk about everything that we basically just lined up for you in this episode uh, you can find me on Instagram at ashwagner2010. Let us know your favorite moments from Worlds this week so you can hear us chat about it in our post-Worlds review. Adam, how can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. I'm there all day, every day. I'm at, at a rip. And uh, yeah, you know, like Ashley said, you know, slide into our DMs. Let us know your favorite moments from Worlds so that we can talk about them here on the podcast. Um, and we're really excited to uh, really just get this first episode really completed. Fully and, rotated um, on Fully one rotated foot. on one foot. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for what's to come. I'm really excited to watch Worlds this week. And so make sure that um, you come back next week so we can all chit and chat about what we saw in Saitama. And until then, like our coach Rafael Artunian always told us before every competition mm -hmm. come, come on, on buddy, buddy. <laughs> okay. that's a wrap bye <laughs>